Mac Jones is blaming himself for the New England Patriots' season-opening loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, but was it really Mac's fault? We're going to talk about that and more today, so stay locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. And of course, your first listen every day. Remember, subscribe and follow to Lockdown Patriots wherever you get your podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it is available. I am your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on the Bird app, otherwise known as X on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to Lockdown Patriots in the social media realm, follow our account there as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And, of course, Pats fans, joining me today, as always, it is Monday. It is hashtag Mailbag Monday, and we will be getting to a mailbag question a little bit later in today's episode, but it is hashtag Locked on Murph Monday. And that means a visit from the legendary man himself, Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com. Thank you for coming to me in friendship today. It's on Murph. Pleasure to be here, Michael. Pleasure to be here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wish it was a victory Monday. It should have been a victory Monday. Mm. I'm not happy, people. I'm not mm. happy. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't feel morally uh, fulfilled. And Murph, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. The New England Patriots dropping their season opener to the defending NFC champions, 25 to 20. Again, if that sounds a little familiar, I predict a 24 to 20 Eagles victory here last week on the Locked On crossover episode between ourselves and Locked On Eagles. Um, Murph, this one played out a lot how I anticipated, believe it or not. I thought the Patriots would have a puncher's chance, but I thought in the end it would be the Eagles either dominating a certain point of the game or just Patriots being unable to execute in certain moments to get the victory. And I think we saw that yesterday throughout. But you are the prognosticator of prognosticators, my friend, when it comes to predicting a Patriots victory and what it takes to get there evidenced by your weekly column, The Monster Keys to Victory. Now, Murph, we all read The Monster Keys because, as I've said here many times, if you read the keys, you go to the top. You don't read the keys, you're never heard from again. The New England Patriots turned some of your monster keys yesterday, but they did not turn them all. What went right and what went wrong for the New England Patriots? And please tell us why, if they just listened to your keys to begin with, We'd probably be celebrating that victory Monday right now. Well, I mean, every week I do what I call the weeklies, and and two of the weeklies that were ignored over over the weekend because they're weekly. They're, that's how important they are. People, you cut them every week. Was own third down, and uh, the Patriots mm. did not own third down, did not own fourth down in any way, shape, or form. They were five of fifteen on third down and one of four. On fourth down, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit later, um, and and of course you know uh, you know when they turned a key they turned keys and then they turned them off you know they 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 were hitting the the soft underbelly of this uh, 
this uh, Eagles defense is is uh, the middle of the field. And I called for Hunter Henry, Bourne, Juju, and Douglas to exploit the middle of the field. Now, when this happened, they moved the ball. Uh, when they went away from that, they didn't. And we were we were forced to uh, uh, get rookies to get two feet down in bounds, and and we all know how that turned out. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was it was pretty, and yet it was not pretty. I, I liked I liked the way that they turned the keys that they did turn. You know they. You know, uh, keep Mac upright and and looking pretty. The line did a fantastic job. I mean, hats mm-hmm. off to these kids for um, you know coming together. There were two rookies out there, and and they 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 balled their asses off. Um, so you know they they did keep Mac upright and gave him time. Even later on, when he had to take deeper shots down the field, the shots where where um they got into the end zone, they were. A little further out, they they were in the uh, the um, the orange zone or the pink zone. You know, they weren't down in close, although they did get down in close at the end of the game. And uh, and Mac was able to to find his targets, and uh, and things were looking good. But the the key that I cut every week that has to be won every week for this team to win is the turnover battle, and that mm-hmm. did not win in the um what the the first five drives of this game uh the first one started with a pick six second one was uh a fumble that led to another touchdown and three consecutive three and outs okay mm-hmm. so there are the two turnovers right there that puts you down 16 to nothing and the patriots could not dig out of that hole so mm-hmm. that's the number one key this week that they ignored is winning the turnover battle now the Patriots defense uh tried to get them back into into that that battle and at least uh come up even, you know, with a nice little punch out there at the end to uh give Mac and the boys, you know, one more shot to mm. get this done. And they they just they couldn't get it done. And uh and that's what it comes down to. Sixteen points off of turnovers. And um, you know, a sixteen point hole uh, you know, greatly off of turnovers that they couldn't dig out of. Mm. Yeah, without any question. And I'm glad that you mentioned the two rookie big round men that we love to talk about here because I show a lot of love to the offensive line uh, in my postcast episode. City Cell, Antonio Mafi coming in and I think playing meaningful minutes uh, and right. doing, I think, a very good job. Especially filling so. In. Yeah, exactly. After, working, after so. working out at right tackle all spring long and to just, nope, you're, you're going to be you're going to be at the guard today. We're going to kick you back inside. This kid has a really innate ability to drive his defenders backward. He can handle the stunts. He can handle the twists that come with playing the guard position. To me, I think that's going to make him a regular part of the rotation. In a lot of ways, it's typically Patriot to bring a kid in that's so versatile that he can play all four spots on that line and really yep. do it well if he's needed to do so. So very good when it comes to City. So uh, Antonio Mafi, um, there was the questionable holding call. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of people think that, that might have yeah, been on. a little. Yeah. Why, why, I'm not why gonna... is that only holding when the Patriots fall on somebody? Thank you very why? much. Why? Yeah. Thank I mean, I, it's I, not I a scream call at I my made, TV. Yeah. I scream at my TV every week watching other games. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? Mm. Where's the flag? Because it happens to other tackles, other guards end up pinning a guy down to the ground, you know, just inadvertently falling on them. But every time a Patriot does it, that flag comes out. 
Right. Absolutely. I hate and, being that guy. Yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to call his hand placement a little suspect or something that should keep an eye on, or at least be working on. Yeah. I think the Patriots are going to continue to work with him on that. But if anybody was worried about this guy's movement and balance combined at the same time, I think mm-hmm. he showed a great amount of both yesterday and really proved that he's coming into not only his body type, but also coming into playing these positions at a pro level. So great stuff from the offensive line and a lot of love to uh, Adrian Clem, I think, as well, who had this team yeah. very well prepared, especially for all the motions and, and the backfield uh, activity that was going on yesterday. Right. They did not look like they were surprised by what was going on around them. Completely different from what we saw last year from the right. New England Patriots. Um, yeah, that goes to another key, limiting the laundry. You know, yeah. that's a, another key that I have up every single week. And the Patriots ended up getting uh, seven penalties on the day for 50 yards. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little bit too much. Absolutely. Without question, it is just a little bit too much at that point. Murph, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the Patriots clearly tried to take Jalen Hurts out of this game. A Bill Belichick coach defense always loves to take away what you do best. Um, I thought they did a very good job of containing Jalen yesterday. This is an explosive quarterback. Bottom line, that defensive effort is the reason why they were in this game the whole game through. And you mentioned guys like Jabril Peppers getting getting into the ball and being able to knock it loose from Jalen Hurts late in the game, giving the Patriots that puncher's chance. We hear so much about that front seven and how formidable they are, and they were yesterday. But how about this secondary getting in and getting strategic blitzes from the second and third level of the defense? That really impressed me yesterday. It, it it really was. And when we saw Christian Gonzalez get in there for, for a corner blitz, oh my corner God. Corner blitz, I my love mind. it. I yeah. lost my mind. And uh, it, it was beautiful. What what they did yesterday was fantastic. They they bracketed their best players. They kept them from from making big plays, which is mm. was uh, something that plagued this this uh, Patriots defense last year. They would play a fantastic game and then get beat deep. And uh, and the Patriots didn't allow that. Um, it was a fantastically uh, a fantastic game plan by Bill and and Gerard Mayo and everybody on that side of the ball. It was it was a beautiful thing to watch. They gave them a chance to do it. Um, you, you keep talking about this C team thing, you know. I I don't get that. I don't I don't understand that. They were they were healthy and out there. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Brian Cox, you know, ancient Brian Cox is older than I am, and uh, going out there and making a couple of stops late. We might be having a different conversation here today. Mm, yeah, I know. And to me, I think it belittles what the Patriots were able to do. Now, look, does this automatically vault them into immediate contention? No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I mean, we've seen several times before, and we go back to the old Bill Parcells-ism, you are what your record says you are. Right. Patriots are an 0-1 team right now. That's but it. their ability mm. to still hang in to a game where – a team could have very easily folded after a 16 nothing deficit. Right. Um, I think showed a lot of, one uh, of the, a lot of gumption. I mean, not for nothing. One of the one of the um the things that stood out to me so much is the fact that this this Eagles team, one of the best offensive teams in the NFL in 2022, mm-hmm. and should be getting better as they go along, um, scored two touchdowns yesterday. One was a pick six, and one was on a short field. You know, Absolutely. here's the ball, you know, so I, I, I don't want to hear it, you know, for the rest of the time, this Patriots defense did exactly what it does best. It did exactly what it's done best for 20 years of this dynasty 
force it, flip the field. There's there's another one. We had a fantastic mm-hmm. job by our punter yesterday, and force this team to march down the field until they try. They made a mistake, yeah. and and they they you know they're. I'm at a loss. And see, that's the goal here, folks. We wanted to get them a little green today, and we already have done that. And heading into our next segment, folks, it's going to get even more green. But you're absolutely right. When you take a look at the tail of the tape, folks, New England Patriots gained 382 total yards on offense. Philadelphia, 251 in total yards. Now, the Patriots offensively outgaining their Philadelphia counterparts, but more impressive, the defense able to hold that Philadelphia offense, potentially explosive offense, to under 300 uh, total yards on the day. That's a win no matter how you slice it. So you look at the positives, Murph, and a lot of people are still feeling pretty good about this loss, even though it's a loss. The Patriots took it to the defending NFC champions, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves, all except for one guy. And that is your quarterback, Mac Jones, who Mm -hmm. stood at the podium last night and looked very angry and despondent at himself at times, saying, quote, unquote, the defense gave me the ball a couple of times and I couldn't get it done. Right. That's not exactly something you really want to hear from your quarterback. How much of the blame deserves to be placed on Mac Jones' shoulders? Is it deserved? And is it a concern that the quarterback seems so intent on taking so much of the blame on himself? Murph and I are going to answer all of those questions and more when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, and they help you do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Patriots fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and hopefully your first listen every day. If the postcast got you started here on Monday, you are definitely bringing the first day of the week into full circle with our friend Murph. Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports joining me on hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. And don't worry, folks, we're going to get to Mailbag Monday in just a moment. The overwhelming majority question from the mailbag is going to be answered in this next segment. So please stay locked in to Locked On Patriots. But Murph, in the previous segment, we talked about your monster keys, which were turned, which weren't. Protection of the football, third down efficiency. As much as we like to point the finger and to slice up blame pie, there was enough of that going on yesterday. We'll read it where we in the media, we fans, did not really have the opportunity to do so. After the game, Mac Jones got up on the podium, spoke to members of the media in the bowels of Gillette Stadium, and basically took 100% of the blame for this loss on his shoulders. And a couple of times saying, the defense gave me the opportunity to get it done, and I didn't mm-hmm. get it done. Now, it sounds like he's trying to take a lot of the blame on himself and deflect it from his, 
his teammates, essentially shield them from having to explain why they either didn't take care of the football well enough or maybe didn't make a play here and there or made a bad penalty. There was a lot that deserved to be placed on Mac Jones' shoulders, but I also thought he showed a lot of promise and a lot of growth from what we saw in the previous year. Yeah. Murph, when you look at the situation, first of all, how much of the blame pie do you think deserves to be put on Mac Jones's plate? And is his willingness or his stubbornness, which is what a lot of people are calling it, to take mm-hmm. that much of the blame on himself a cause for concern heading into week two and beyond? No, I don't consider it a cause for concern. I consider it fantastic leadership. Okay. Mm-hmm. He went out, he made mistakes. It, it, it wasn't a perfect game. But um, this is what you want from a leader. You know, he had an opportunity to get the job done himself, and it didn't happen. Uh, He deflected, um, you know, blame from, you know, young guys like Kayshawn Butte, who who just did not get that second foot down. He he deflected blame from his coaching staff um, Mm -hmm. that did not make the, the right decisions, in my opinion. Um, he, he deflected blame from, uh, his, his new running back who, you know, didn't put the ball on the ground all last year and his first opportunity to do something, he put the ball on the ground and gave, gave the Eagles a short field. This is leadership. This is not stubbornness. Okay. Uh, everything that Mac Jones said is, uh, yesterday afternoon, I applaud. Hmm. I think in a lot of ways, you make a lot of good points. Um, Obviously, as a quarterback, as a team leader, you don't want to see quarterbacks get up there and blame everyone else for losses. How many times have we seen that in other organizations? I'm not going to mention any names, but we've seen it happen to very highly touted quarterbacks. How you doing, Peyton? (laughs) Said that, not me. Um, But bottom line, um, we have seen it before, and we've seen it with very highly touted Hall of Fame caliber or Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have yeah. done this. Um, you very seldom, you never saw it come from Tom Brady. Nope. You don't see it come from people within this Patriots organization. It's just ingrained in the Brady, Belichick, Kraft, triumvirate way of mm-hmm. doing things that it's just not done here. Um, and Mac Jones takes that mod on himself. So him getting up there and trying to deflect all of the blame from his teammates and put it on his shoulders is a sign of good leadership. That's it. Where it concerned me a little bit, and maybe you can help talk me off less here, because I'm not trying to be negative or come at Mac or anything. I was very impressed by what I saw from Mac Jones on the field yesterday, including leading the turnaround, completing 12 consecutive passes during those right. two touchdown drives that really got this team not only back in the game, but rejuvenated Gillette Stadium. Exactly. And bottom line, folks, I mean, you have to be impressed by what you saw. So in no way am I trying to nitpick a negative from Mac, but you also don't want to hear things like, I couldn't get it done at the podium. Um, do you think that this might be messing with his confidence at all? Or do you think this no. is simply a situation where no. he's just trying to move forward? He's just trying to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't think, I think that was a, 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 a misstep on his part. I didn't get it done. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, couldn't is probably a bad word that that's going to follow yeah. him around a little bit. Exactly. And I think couldn't. he'd like to take that word back. 
I, I Mac Jones knows that he could have got it done. If I told you, if I told you on on Sunday morning that Mac Jones was going to throw for 306 yards and three touchdowns, you would have been feeling pretty good about Mac Jones, and you probably mm. wouldn't have laughed your ass off at me. You really would. <laughs> Everybody out there would have just like, "What are you nuts, Murph? If he if he throws 225 yards and gets gets one score, that that'd be amazing." Um, but no, he went for 300. What one of the one of the things, and this is a letdown from, uh, for me, one of the keys that I had was to get Ramondre Stevenson going early, and that didn't happen. You know, the Patriots struggled on the ground, but they adapted. They immediately adapted, and they started to go to the air, and Matt slung it. It's going to happen. You know, it, it, it's really difficult to win a football game. Go look it up, folks, uh, when, you, when your quarterback throws the ball 50 times. Okay, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the only person in the in NFL history that has a winning record when they've thrown a ball 50 times is Thomas Brady. Mm, yeah, exactly. And our good friend Matt Chatham said last night uh, via Twitter, and I believe he reiterated it again on Monday. 54 attempts to get to 300 plus yards is not what anybody wants. Least of all, no. Mac Jones. You don't want to have to throw the ball that many times to get to a 300 yard game. There were a lot of good things that came from that, obviously. Much yep. more effective in the red zone than they were a year ago. I mean, they really had nowhere to go but up. This is a team Three that ranked 32nd. Yeah, this is a team that ranked 32nd in the league last year in that department. So clearly, the O'Brien effect mm -hmm. having a major impact on the way the Patriots approach the red zone inside right. the 20. But where you want to see the improvement from Mac Jones, folks, is those gotta-have-it situations, the third down and the fourth down conversions. That's where you want to see growth. That's where you want to see that next level be taken. Mac is showing that I believe he can do it with better execution, right. a little more practice, a little more comfort. He's going to get there to that level. Um, they're still not where they need to be, but I think no. they took major strides into getting there in their performance on Sunday. And I think Mac Jones is a huge reason why they did. That's it. And I said early during the game yesterday, I tweeted out, you guys can go find it and take me to task for it if you want that. You know, the, the early struggles that they had in the first quarter were, were definitely due to these guys not getting enough time together in the preseason. Mm, we did right. not see it. Um, the uh, the offensive line configured. That was the first time these guys had played together. It was the first time they lined up next to, to one another and actually hit the people in front of them. This was the first time that, that you know, in game action that there was any chance to for these guys to get into any rhythm. Now mm -hmm. it, it worked out and we saw that in the second quarter and then people got cute and decided to, to go away from what I told them to do. And, uh, and, you know, things got a little bit hectic there at the end. And of course, you know, there's the coaching decisions, which I know Michael is going to bring up in a moment. <laughs> Absolutely. And folks, yeah, I think that leads us quite nicely into how we're going to wrap up today's show and talking about a couple of controversial coaching decisions that Bill Belichick himself was asked about, not just in the postgame remarks he made to the media on Sunday, but once again on Monday morning. Folks, we're going to talk about those controversial decisions, fourth and three and fourth and 17, when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast wraps up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 
will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Pats fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget, coverage continues here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. Still going to continue to break down all the ins and outs, ups and downs of the Patriots' week one loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. How is it going to set them up to be able to rebound from a tough Miami Dolphins team that's going to come in here on Sunday night? We're going to start getting ready for those Dolphins in a little bit, but not before we take our leave of the Eagles. And we're not quite ready to do that just yet. Here to help us wade through the mailbag, because Patriots fans, don't forget, today is still hashtag Mailbag Monday here on Locked on Patriots, is our good friend Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports. So, Murph, Locked on Murph Monday is a staple here on the Locked on Patriots podcast, but so is Mailbag Monday. So we're going to combine those efforts now, and we're going to dive into the mailbag. And Folks, the overwhelming majority of you that submitted late-night questions to want to understand a little bit why the New England Patriots were not on the winning end of what ended up being a very tight game in Foxborough yesterday. Why didn't Bill Belichick kick the field goal on fourth and three? Why did he go for it on fourth and 17 and not punt the ball away? Well, Murph, these were questions that Bill Belichick was asked, both on Sunday night and again on Monday morning. Yep. Bill Belichick doubling down on his decision on fourth and three to not kick the field goal and go for it, but did say that maybe in hindsight that fourth and 17 might have been better as a punt. Murph, when you look at these situations, you always do so with a clear head, with a level head, but you also do so with an aggression <laughs> that Patriots fans admire. So we want to hear the monster opinion. We want to hear what you feel should have been done, could have been done, and was done by Bill Belichick. Please help our mailbag submitters feel a little bit better about these decisions, my friend. No, I'm not going to make them feel better because I know they feel the same way that I do. Take the points. You always take the points. Okay? Until you have no other choice in the matter, you take the points. All right? Um, I, I applaud the the going for two there and the, the garbage holding call that went along with it. Um but, you know, when, when you're trailing there and you still have as much time on the clock as Bill Belichick has, and you have a defense that has been as stout as that defense has been all day, um, I, I don't think that this – there was a constant rotation in defense last night, a constant rotation. It was kind of like Little League. Everybody everybody gets to play. Um, you know, even the rookies. Every, every rookie that they drafted dressed and played yesterday. Um with uh with the 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 exception of Mr. Bolden who's on IR. Uh but no, you take the points and you had that much time left on the on the clock, you punt the ball away and you tr you dance with the one who brung you and that's this defense. Bill screwed up. I don't want to hear anything else. 70% we we talked earlier. I give 30% to Mac Davis. Uh, I mean Mac Davis. <laughs> to Mac Jones. And hey, that's the first time in three years that I made that that mistake uh, to, to Mac Jones. And sixty percent of it is going to go on um, is going to go on this, this these two decisions to, to to go for it on fourth and not to punt the ball away. Uh, I I 
don't understand it. I never will. Uh, when you have points sitting in front of you and you don't take them, you sit there. The, the only time that you you go for it on fourth down, in my opinion, I know I'm an old man, is when you have no choice and you're chasing and the clock is winding down. The only time that you uh, that you turn your back on three gimme points is what which is what they are. I could have gone out there and kicked that field goal with my right or my left foot. And uh, and, you know, at, when the final drive happens. You're only looking to get into field goal distance, not uh, not have to score a touchdown. Yeah, without question. I, I and you look at both of these situations and fourth quarter, two twenty-four from the Eagles forty-eight. Talking about the fourth and seventeen yep. now. Penalty backs you up. You're back up against the wall. That defense has been getting it done all game long, okay. and they had the Eagles on the ropes. Our good friends over at ESPN Analytics did a few numbers crunching exercises with regard to these. And credit to Mike Reese, who always finds these, yep. tweets out, and lends a thicket of intellectual reason to everybody's hot-headedness. Um, and Mike is the greatest. And this is why he's the greatest. According to ESPN Analytics, the win probability by punting in that situation is 12.7%. By going for it, which Bill Belichick did, 11.4%. So the analytics back it up. Not by much, folks. We're not, not talking overwhelming differences right. here, but it was a better move for the Patriots to punt in that situation. And Belichick did really, I think, come clean with that on Monday morning. When they asked him on the Greg Hill Show on WEEI, he said, I don't have any regrets on the fourth and three. And we're going to get to that in just a second, folks. But fourth and 17, looking back on it, quoting Belichick directly here, we had three timeouts. I might have yep. punted that one. I don't know how much field position we could have gained, but fourth and 17 after the delay, that was tough. I think Bill Belichick acknowledged in that moment he probably backed the wrong horse in a hasty decision uh, that he felt he needed to make in that moment. So, folks, no one's infallible, but Belichick doubling down, actually tripling down on right. a fourth and three call. To me, this was a little bit more interesting uh, because the strategy that you're talking about in terms of trying to get points when you're trailing 22 to 14 and you have 939 remaining on the clock, there's still an awful lot of time. You want to compile yep. as many points that you possibly have, or you want to try to compile as many points on the scoreboard that you can. And you touched on this brilliantly, Murph. You always take the points. Patriots did not do that. Is this Belichick playing the percentages or is there a situation underlying where maybe you don't want to risk Chad Ryland in that situation? Right. I don't think it's the latter. I don't think this is a kick that he couldn't make. Um, I, 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 not, not, not so much talking about that play. And, and you, so, yeah, I agree, but I'm not sure that he wanted to put that kind of pressure on Ryland at, at that point in time, a fair point. Uh, you know, he, he's a rookie. He's got, uh, he's got a huge leg and, and, but, uh, yeah, he does. not, not, not going for it when, when you were down there. I mean, I mean, going for it when you're down there, instead of kicking the field goal and taking that, that, that three points, I, I thought was a huge mistake. And, and I do, I think it's because he didn't trust his fourth round pick. Mm. Yeah. And if that is indeed the case, folks, I mean, that's something to monitor because, Patriots kickers tend to have the ice water running through the veins uh, that seems to be a staple of the way this team does business. Started with Adam Vinatieri under Bill Belichick. Uh, then, you know, you go into Stephen Gostowski. Uh, a yep. couple of little hiccups along the way there. And then the Patriots settling on Nick Folk and say what you will about Nick. 
always, always had a nice ready. day yesterday, and didn't always, he? Yeah, he had a very nice day yesterday in Tennessee, <laughs> including a 50-yarder right down the pike. Right. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, and and no one is surprised by uh, uh, you right. know Nick's success in Tennessee or anywhere he would be. Uh, they call him the kick Nick for a reason, and he is someone that does not shy away from the moment. Nope. The moment never gets too big for him. Ryland, I think at this point is a rookie, and I do see your point. You don't want to ruin the kid, and I talked a little bit about this last night during the postcast. There also is something to be said about the fact that they let go of a very competent, very um, clutch kicker in order to secure his services and anoint him the new star on this team. So he's got to step it up and he's going to be able to make these kicks. The Patriots have to put some sort of faith in him at some point and make him make these under pressure in inclement weather, because these were the things we were told when the Patriots traded up to draft Chad Ryland in the fourth round, number 122 overall, is that this kid could do what you need to do. He could kick in the clutch. He could perform well in inclement weather. And last night, Two things that he was called upon to do. Patriots chose not to employ him in a single field goal attempt, folks. He made both of his extra points, but not a single field goal attempt. Nope. So that's going to have to change. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a more calm night air experience right. when he kicks against the Dolphins this week. Field, field goals won this game for Philadelphia. They did. They did. And they have one of the best in the business in Elliott yeah. doing that for them do. without any question. Uh, the Patriots still, I think, trying to find their footing with Chad Ryland. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I think this one uh, was a little bit more intriguing. Yeah, I had people bring up to me the fact that, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, Bill was going for it because Tom Brady was in the building and he felt <laughs> a little added pressure. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, folks. He, no, he he did he did what he thought was best for the team, and yeah. and he was wrong. He was yeah. wrong. Take the points. Yeah, Bill Belichick is not coaching this game nope. uh, with any type of extra <laughs> outside motivation. Nope. Uh, all of that's been laid to rest. Now, if Tom were quarterbacking the Eagles, maybe yeah. you might be able to make a little bit of a point on that, and you want to be able to stick it to your opponent, especially yeah. when that opponent is someone you've played against for a long time. We saw the cat and mouse game when the Buccaneers came up here a couple of years ago, yep. but no, there's no way that Tom Brady being honored in the building was factoring nope. into Bill Belichick's decision whatsoever but uh i bet you bill saw him up there on the tower ringing the bell that was pretty oh, yeah. good in the lighthouse that was pretty good um patriots doing a great job honoring tom brady Only and we'll top, talk- top lighthouse i've ever seen though what the yeah hell? but it can, is the can biggest we build a roof it's the yeah. biggest yeah it could be. Well, if you build a roof, it'll be even bigger. So that's good. Yeah. You know what? Bigger lighthouses, bigger video screens. That's what we're all about here in New England. It's just going to get bigger and bigger at Gillette Stadium. But hopefully the Patriots will experience swelling in the wind column as opposed mm-hmm. to in and around their surrounding playing area. But, Murph, what can I say? I appreciate you stopping by, as you always do on Monday. Folks, thank you for overwhelmingly submitting the 4th and 3 and 4th and 17 questions yeah. for our Monday mailbag episode because you got Murph Green, so many, we love it. <laughs> so many people so many people sent that, that question, and we couldn't give credit to any one person. You know, yeah, because exactly. they, they, they all came. You know, like yep. from from you know Narnia or something. Somebody opened yeah. it and boom, boom, boom. There they were. Everybody wanted to have a sit down. Absolutely, and it is the biggest question right now. Everybody yeah. was lined up outside the Don's door, waiting to get to see him, folks. And it's not even the day of his daughter's wedding. He's no. just here lending his wisdom and counsel because he is the Don of Locked On Patriots, and you always will be, my friend. So tip of the cap, nod of the gods to all of you Thank submitters you. out there, but mostly. 
to Don Murph over here for his wisdom and his counsel. Bud, it's always fun. Mondays fly by here on Locked On Patriots, but don't worry, Dude. folks. I got a very sneaking suspicion Murph's going to be back to turn his keys later in the week. So keep a sharp eye out for that right here on Locked On Patriots. But in the meantime, Bud, please enlighten us as to what you've got cooking in Murph's kitchen, whether it comes to Pat's coverage, Sox coverage, whatever you're going to be doing this week. Floor is yours, my friend. Have at well, us. Know where know, we I can got find you. I got some sock stuff coming up. Uh, I'm working on a piece right now about the rookie of the year race <clears throat> and the rookie of the year race. <clears throat> so you're not going to want to miss that. Anything else that tickles my fancy, uh, you know, a, might do a, a nice little little rookie contribution piece that, that Mike and I both called for. Mike was right. You know, it was a fantastic rookie contribution that uh, that Keon White uh, gave it didn't show up in the in the box score but it certainly showed up on the field um and uh, but other than that you know whatever whatever might happen maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll post a a a, a sweet and sour meatballs recipe <laughs> folks how much can you go wrong you get good insight and you get good food murph delivers no matter what oh, folks. You know, just make sure you shove in all your sausage and your meatballs and a little bit of wine a little bit of sugar and that's murph's trick that's um perfect. Kudos to people that can pick up on that. And I know we're going to have a lot of listeners that will. Put it in the comments section below, folks, if you uh, if you recognize those lines. There you but go. bottom line, we appreciate each and every one of you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Locked On Patriots. Whether it be win, lose, draw, no matter the outcome, Murph and I are going to be here each and every Monday breaking it all down for you. And if it's the day after a game day that doesn't happen to be a Sunday, we'll be here on Tuesday or on Sunday or on Saturday, whenever we have to be here to break down the Patriots' most recent showing on the field. Murph and I will be here with you all season long. So continue to stay locked in to Locked On Patriots. In the meantime, I am your host, Mike DeBate. And on behalf of my good friend, Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com, I remind you to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked On Patriots. Come on in. You never know when you're going to have to cook for 50 guys. Come on in, kid. Sit down, finish my dinner. 